You know, it's no trick recording with you. In fact, it's a treat. Get it, audience? It's Schranners! And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. You're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? Doing well. How are you doing? We're back. Here we are. We're back. We were on the road this weekend. Here we are in the old studio. In the studs, chilling in the studs with my dudes. (laughs) You know? We were uh, on tour this weekend, went to. Uh, Atlanta and Nashville, Nashville at the Nashville, my brother, my brother and me, we did a surprise Schmanners episode, um, which you will hear next week. But this week, we're going to cover what we said we'd cover. Yep. We're talking about trick or treat. Um, In some places, this is called beggars night as well. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, okay. So let me ask okay. you. Let me, yeah, well, uh, before we get before we get into it, <laughs> before we get into the deets, okay, as the kids say, and the Wall Street bo- brokers, um, well, all right, yeah. Um, my question for you is, what's your most like memorable? Do you have any memorable trick or treat experiences? Yes. Okay. So my friend Taylor, her birthday is actually Halloween, and for her birthday party, she would always have everybody over to her house to go trick-or-treating all together and one year it snowed like crazy Wait, it snowed yeah and it was so strange because um none of us had really planned for it in the way of our costumes Uh uh-huh and It seemed that when my mom, Taylor lived right down the street from us. So my mom walked me to her home and I had my little windbreaker jacket and my little cloth tennis shoes. And it seemed to be just kind of a normal fall day. And And then the curse set in. And this was like after school, right? Mm -hmm. Because in our neighborhood, we had trick or treat on a school night to keep some of the, you know, tricking to a medium to a a minimum and as trick-or-treat got closer and it started around i think seven it got colder and colder and we went outside and just as we started trick-or-treating it started snowing like heavily snowing like i i don't know if i had ever been such an eyewitness to a, like a blizzard, a, a flash blizzard. Is that something? And by the time we all got home, we were all soaking wet and we were so chilled. And we woke up the next morning because it was a sleepover. We woke up the next morning and there was like a foot of snow. It was it was astounding. Wow. Okay. That kind of just trumps mine to you, but <laughs> I... think it's the first time me like griffin was old enough to go trick-or-treating with us proper Mm -hmm. and so i would have i would guess like he was three or four and so that would have made us like 
seven and ten, somewhere around there. And he complained so much. That he his, was a little That kid. his feet hurt. That he was cold. And we had to go back home <laughs> after only 45 minutes. And me and Justin. Because your trick-or-treat lasted for like two hours, right? Yeah. yeah. Me yeah. and Justin were livid. And then the other story I remember is taking Griffin trick-or-treat. I was uh, a I senior. I should have put him in a little red wagon. Anyway. I was a senior in high school, and I recognized that I probably wouldn't get to trick-or-treat again. So I convinced Griffin to go, because Griffin, who was 14, didn't want to go. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm too old for this. I was like, Griffin, this is my last possible chance to get free candy. We have to go. And the whole time, I felt so out of place. Like, I was like, "Mm, shouldn't have done this, (laughs) but I'm already out here, so might as well take the lumps and get the candy. Did you pretend... That um, you were chaperoning? No, because Griffin was uh, too old looking for that. But we, okay. I'm going to jump ahead to like the number one question we got. How old is too old for trick-or-treating? Because I want to address this now. I actually don't think there is an age limit. But I do think that there is like a a chart, right? Uh The older you get the more amazingly executed your costume needs to be. Huh. And at a certain point, I think it just it goes up so high to, as to be almost unachievable. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think you could be 26 in Trick or Treat if you, like, were in, like, a full, like, mech suit from um, uh, Alien a la, mm, I want to say Troy in, in uh, Community. But something like that where it's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, take all the candy you want. Right, but if you just like put on a Jason mask and a flannel shirt, doesn't count. Doesn't work. Whereas if you're like six and you put on a Jason mask and a flannel shirt, that's adorable. Yeah, that's incredible. Take all the candy you want. It's an it's a sliding scale. You see, I'm gonna put an age on it. Well, I'm gonna say you're wrong, but that's fine. Once you have a teen in your in thirteen, your, yep, thirteen. Mm-mm, no, because I'll tell you why. The other thing I want you to think about is as a candy giver now. I so very rarely give out all the candy I have. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I want I want to give people candy. I want to give them candy. But enough about us. Let's get to the history and the details. So, I get the hit. The history trigger, trigger trees you. <laughs> you dress up to confuse the demons. And then you get a Mars bar. Uh, okay. Sort of. I mean, I'm probably leaving out a few steps there, but. I got candy when I was a kid. What more did I need to know? Um, so like a lot of things, Halloween as a holiday. All Hallows Eve. Right. The hallowed Halloween. <laughs> the Halloween. You know, none of these are no. Well, so it probably started in medieval Europe as a way of kind of incorporating the pagan celebration. Of um, and I want to make sure that I get this right. Samhain, Samhain, something like that. Um, the pagan celebration, which is uh, the kind of the end of the summer, fall harvesty time. I'm just looking at the pronunciation. You keep going. Okay. I'm listening. Um, which is which is primarily a Celtish celebration. So it it marked the end of that 
celebration um, and was kind of incorporated into the the Christian church, like a lot of these holidays we've discussed. Yeah, it happens a lot. It happens a lot um, because the, the church at this time didn't want people to party unless they were doing it their way, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and, and these pagan kind of celebrations at this time, you know, there were a lot of them because as many different pagan religions there are, were, have ever been, there's this special kind of time of year, the, the turning from one season to another, you know, solstice uh, stuff and all that kind of thing. Okay, I want to look it up because you are right with the spelling. Okay. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but I had ha- heard it pronounced before, and so I was looking up to think if I was seeing the same thing. It's pronounced Samhain. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's Gaelic. So it's, it's that would make sense at being a Celtic holiday. Yeah, it's Gaelic, so it is not at all pronounced the <laughs> way it looks. Samhain. S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Right. Um so then in the way of this incorporation of of the, the pagan ritual into the Christian ritual, a lot of the things that people did for Samhain um, now became Halloween celebration. Um, and so probably as early as the 10th century, people were going door to door in a tradition called souling, which basically meant that in exchange for money or food, they would offer prayers for the souls of the deceased from the house Um And this was in the transition of All Souls Day, All Saints Day as kind of this, this, these different delineations kind of found their way between the 31st, the 1st and the 2nd of November. Um, And it, they were doing it as far back as the 14th century because it's mentioned in uh, some Chaucer stories. Oh, okay. Um, And, and also... You know, scary tales to tell in the dark. Sure. But I I think that was a little, I think maybe that was later than the 14th century. And and this practice actually still continues. Did you ever continues. read those, by the way? I sold no, those in the Scholastic Book never, Fair. Mm-mm. Scared me. No, couldn't I had do some it. real problems with it. I, well, I had yeah. overactive imagination we've discussed before. I got spooked real easy as a kid and spooked me real good. Couldn't couldn't read those scary tales to tell in the dark. Don't even know if that's the correct title. <laughs> this idea of souling. Um still happens in some places today, notably Ireland. Yes, I've heard uh, of it. Where one leaves out soul cakes for the departed. I think that's that's pretty is, cool. Is this like one of those take one kind of thing? Every soul is allowed one cake. <laughs> if you take two, we'll know. Um, there is a kind of incorporation of another holiday in the UK, speaking of the UK. Not that Ireland's in the UK. You know what I mean. Over there. <laughs> Not here. Not Is- here. Um, part of the celebration of Bonfire Night has also been kind of rolled in. And this has to do with Guy Fox and the, uh, you know, attempted blowing up of Parliament. So now um, some people celebrate Bonfire Night um, with the request of instead of trick or treat, a penny for the guy. 
Um, so you can you give a penny, uh, and then these are spent on fireworks on the fifth. So wait, do you actually you, give pennies? That that is what oftentimes happens. Man, there was a house down the street from me that gave pennies, like just loose handfuls of pennies. And I remember even as a kid, like 10 years old, thinking one blue pennies, <laughs> but also two, like, I'm going to eat some of the stuff in there. Don't just throw loose, gross pennies in there with my food. Well, I mean, it turns out that that was a, a, a pretty, you know, European thing to do. Well, then throw dollar bills in there. <laughs> I'm fine with that. <laughs> or at least quarters. Uh, in Scotland, this is often called guising. Um, but... Something that is a little different as opposed to just knock, 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 trick or treat. Um, the children are often asked to perform their, quote, trick, right? So not trick in the way of mis- mischievous uh-huh. sort of happening. Trick in the way of give me your performance. I see. So it's more trick and then treat. Yes. Um, so then, you know, you can recite a poem, do a joke do a dance sing a song and then you get your treat better better make them dance for their candy so probably as late as the 1930s trick-or-treating really hadn't taken off in america um but then one of the things that has been cited in in several of the articles that i read is that um american children Found out that British kids were getting candy and they're like, whoa, wait, what? Found this time of year, especially Halloween, with its kind of, you know, uh, you know, scary reputation, demons and ghosts and goblins and such to be the time for mischievous events. And so in the 30s, lots of communities organized community-wide trick-or-treats in order to keep children from pranking neighbors so this is where the concept of like if you don't get a treat then they will you know if you don't give a treat they will trick you like right keep the children occupied basically (laughs) keep them busy make them go door to door and collect their treats so that they won't i don't know like pull up all your flowers or um ruin your credit (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> any any kind of other prank that they might think is is harmless, but really isn't. A lot of those things that have you heard about forking? I stand by that. That's one of the dumbest kind of pranks. This idea of like I stabbed a bunch of plastic forks on the ground. Like, okay, cool. Why? That was more work for you to do yeah. than for me to undo. And I've I've read several articles about window soaping. So you, I guess you take a bar of soap and rub it all over the windows. So when it rains, you get sudsy windows. Don't do these things. It's weird. Yeah. Um, and so now, today, a lot of these events are organized by communities. Um, is that you can even have treat trunk is? or treat. What is that? Uh, it is a oftentimes like community center or church organized event. So instead of like going out to different houses there's kind of an indoor carnival type thing uh usually accompanied by some sort of um 
I don't want to say Bible lesson necessarily, but some sort of citizenship re- regarding lesson. I see. When you were a kid in trick-or-treating, did your family have any, like, specific rules as far as... And I don't mean, like, you know, wear reflective vests or anything. I mean, so, for example, mm-hmm. in my house, if when you were trick-or-treating, we didn't say thank you when someone gave us stuff... Our parents would have us would make a skip the next house. Oh wow! Yeah, if we didn't say thank you. No, we always just got a gentle reminder. Um, we also, my brothers and I had. Uh, I'm trying to remember all of them. We had a very like multi point checklist to determine whether or not a house was worth going up to to see if they were actually giving out candy, and it included stuff like you had. I think I'm trying to remember the qualifications, but you had to have at least two of a porch light on. Uh, Halloween decorations, a lit carved pumpkin, other kids at the door, or like someone sitting outside. So like if there weren't at least two of those, it wasn't worth going up to the house. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially if that porch light's off and there's like no lights. That's No lights on was always a big clue. Do not go up there. Yeah. I mean, my neighborhood growing up and I lived in the same house all my life. Um, my neighborhood really had a, a good Halloween thing going yeah. for a long time. I didn't have to go to many streets. There were like just two or three, like almost just this one block we could go on. And every, there were a lot of houses giving out candy. I remember one year somebody gave out boxes of raisins and I wasn't happy about Ugh. that. Um, Why but it was even a pretty good bother? Haul. And I, I can't recall... More than probably four or five houses not participating. That we were very uh, so. Here's what I love. We had a lot of houses in my neighborhood growing up. As I got older, when I got about thirteen, fourteen, a lot of people had like either turned their houses into apartments or like started selling them to people to turn into apartments. So it wasn't as solid a trick or treating neighborhood. But we were like three blocks away from Ritter Park. Where, like, the really nice houses lined the park, and they gave out full bars. Whoa. Yeah, guaranteed full bars. It was awesome. That's a lot of candy. Did you have any pranking pranksters in your neighborhood? Um, There were probably two or three houses that got teepeed, but I was never. That wasn't my deal. My uh, Our pumpkin got smashed a lot. Aww. That was the thing I had. Oh, it's fine. Hooligans. You know, what are you going to do? They'd smash a <laughs> pumpkin. Um, my dad gave out comic books instead of candy a couple times, and that actually went over very well. Huh. We're going to talk more about that in a second, because I, I found out about a project through a question that I want to talk about. Uh, but first, let's do a thank you note for our sponsors. One of our sponsors this week is Tracker, and we've talked about Tracker before, but you know... It never really, never occurs to me how terrible I feel until I have lost my keys. The problem is, here's what I find. I think you experience this too. It would be a lot easier to find your stuff if when you realize you don't know where something is, this level of panic sets in that kind of makes it hard for you to methodically look for something. Right. You're like, well, I must have gotten in the house I must have driven the car. Those keys are both on my keychain. But where was the last time I put them? Down? I don't know. And if, instead of kind of going room by room, yeah. you like look sporadically under stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yep. Yes. And I usually find them in like the first place that I looked, but because I was so panicky, I couldn't find them. But you know what? Tracker, Tracker Pixel specifically, which is extra light. It is a Bluetooth tracking device and you you won't have to worry about losing anything again. When you misplace an item that has one of these Tracker Pixel bobbles attached, there's a 90 decibel alert and powerful LED lights that help you find your things. Um, and let me say, that's so much better than just like being able to, like, if it was just like a tracker on your phone, right? Like, how specific can that get to your living room? You know, so it's like, okay, well, I know it's in my house, but this is like going to make sound and light up. Exactly. Right? So much easier to pinpoint and find that way. So tracker uses a network that uses the largest crowd locate network in the world. So you could even ping your devices from miles away. Um, And right now they have a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you really have nothing to lose. I get it. If you go to thetracker.com slash schmanners, you can get 20% off any order. That's the track. Er, dot com. So T H E T R A C K R T H E T R A C K R dot com slash schmanners. And get that 20% off. Hiring's hard, especially from job boards. I I can't imagine right now with so many people looking for and you know they're out there, but what are you gonna do? Put a piece of paper? Where do you on a f- wall? Where do you find them? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? There's a better way to find great talent. And 70% of the U.S. workforce is already there. And it's LinkedIn. As the world's largest professional network, LinkedIn considers skills, experiences, location, and more to match and promote your job to potential candidates. And businesses rate LinkedIn jobs 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. Go to linkedin.com slash schmanners for a $50 credit towards your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash schmanners. Terms and conditions apply. Go now. Don't just like go to a single job board posting or like put it up on a wall on your, I don't know, local park. No, what are you doing? Go to linkedin.com slash schmanners. Hey, readers, all of you bookworms, comic geeks, library junkies, literary fiction lovers, bibliophiles, and nerds. Want to get more out of your reading life? Listen to Reading Glasses. I'm Bria Grant. And I'm Mallory O'Mara. We want to help you read better. Join us every Thursday on Maximum Fun's new podcast while we talk about book culture and solve your reader problems. Reading Glasses will teach you how to vanquish your to-be-read pile, connect with other readers, and get more reading into your busy day. No matter what you read or how you read it we'll We'll help help you you do do it better better. (laughs) that's cute hello i'm ross blotcher and i'm carrie poppy we're hosts of maximumfun.org's ono ross and carrie we wanted to tell you the good news that our podcast is now weekly yes weekly on ono ross and carrie we don't make extraordinary claims we investigate them we go undercover with fringe religious groups investigate paranormal claims and participate in pseudoscientific medical treatments and then report our findings to you in a time where alternative facts reign supreme we cut through murky spin to give you the straight skinny on topics like ufos 
heroes, the anti-vaccination movement, Scientology, and even apocalyptic churches. We're even undercover for some very exciting investigations right now. Well, not right now, right now. That's Ono, Ross, and Carrie with new episodes every week at MaximumFun.org. We show up so you don't have to. Okay, so first, we got a question from Meg Lloyd that let me into a thing I didn't know existed, so I wanted to tell everyone about it. Meg said, not a question, but could you please talk about teal pumpkins? And I looked it up, and basically, teal pumpkins is a signal that the house is participating in giving out um, stuff that won't um, cause problems with people with food allergies. So, like, little toys or rings or pencils or stickers, things like that. Right. So, you know, I'd never thought about it before. I I don't have any uh, food-related allergies, and so it hadn't been a thing that occurred to me. But I couldn't imagine how tough it must be to be a kid who's allergic to fill-in-the-blank and, you know, going trick-or-treating, they end up with a bag full of stuff they can't eat. Yeah. Um, So... Uh, you Google teal pumpkins if you want to find out about it. Teal pumpkin project, um, but I think it's a really great thing to get involved in. And as I said, like my dad handed out comic books, and you could go down to like the dollar store and just for like less than you would probably spend on getting like one or two big bags of candy, end up with a whole bunch of little toys and stuff to have. And you don't just have to do one or the other; you could do both. You could have um, the teal pumpkin. And have options for kids that want to do the Teal Pumpkin Project. So, highly encourage. Um, Tracy asks, what's a good way to signal that my house isn't open to trick-or-treaters? I hate just not answering the door and making kids and parents wait. Uh, Well, like we talked about earlier, make sure that the lights in the front of your house are off. That is a good signal. Also, no decorations. Take those decorations down. Even if you do like a fall thing, if people see decorations, they, they'll think that you're, you know, participating. Um, also, another thing that you could do is maybe go out for the evening. You know, yeah. if you're not home, you won't have to have to deal with anybody who comes up to your door. Um, but like, and, you know, like I said, the lights are are pretty much a universal signal that nobody's nobody's coming to the door and there's the, always the option of the, like the you know bowl of candy out with like a take one sign but a i understand if one you don't want to spend money on candy and two maybe you have like a problem giving candy to kids both of those totally fine with or you know i also saw maybe if you have um like doorbell reactive dogs and you want them to you know stay chill or whatever um you could, I suppose, if you wanted to do a middle road, put that candy kind of in your sidewalk away from your front door. So, but, you know, the if it's far enough away from your front door that you can't really see it, then there's there's no telling what might happen. <laughs> uh, this question is from Kevo. Kevo asks, what's the appropriate amount of candy to give trick-or-treaters? Two to three pieces or a small handful? It really depends on how much you are willing to spend and how popular your neighborhood is really for trick-or-treating, I think. I'm going to tie this to another question because I think I can answer both of these at the same time. Uh, Alexa, everybody has these fun Halloween names. And it's hard for me. Alexa of Life asks, 
How do you divide up sweets evenly to each person? What if you run out halfway through? Okay. Kevo, Lixa, here's what you do. You go to the store. You buy one bag of really nice, you know, like the mini candy bars. Talking little Kit Kats and Butterfingers or whatever. And they're not full-size bars, but good, you know, bars. Fun size, bite size. Right. Then you buy a couple bags of the really, not cheap, but more cost-effective, you know, your Smarties. Your, um, maybe not name brand candy, right? A little bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Generic. Yes. Then you mix them all together in a big bowl. You go from there. So some kid gets like a Snickers and also and some non-name brand candy. You know, you increase the bulk without necessarily increasing the price for you, the candy giver outer. That's just a trick from me to you. I think that um, most trick-or-treaters expect to get one piece. Um, and if it is something smaller, say... Tootsie Roll size, two to three pieces. Um, I don't think you have to do like a big handful. I no. don't think you got to like sticky band it, it and reach in there and get a big old scoop. And that is that is one of the suggestions that I have for any trick-or-treaters out there listening. Please always assume that one piece is what you are, what you're allowed. But if um, whoever's handing out candy says, take, take a few. That's like two or three, but no handfuls. No, we are not bulldozers. We do not scoop the candy. Um, that is also, uh, well, let's go over. You have some etiquette tips before we do more questions. Because I was going to ask, nobody asked this, but it's been a while since we lived in a house that had uh, solid trick-or-treating. I mean, last time we just had a baby and we lived on the second floor, so we didn't do it. And then we lived in LA, didn't do it there. Did our old Cincinnati house do trick-or-treating i can't remember we did yeah but it was um the neighbors and i would sit outside on their lawn so it was kind of like a collective candy giving out experience where the the children would move from one lawn chair to the next and then go down the street so it wasn't like up one sidewalk down and up Mm. the next sidewalk down it was it was kind of a an an outdoor a little gathering for the neighbors. So my question was, do you offer the bowl for people to take candy out of people, kids, to take candy out of, or do you hand out candy into bags? I was a a candy dropper. So I would have someone open their bag and I would drop a couple pieces in the bag. Excellent. Excellent. That's what I did. And again, uh, for you trick-or-treaters out there, it is important that you say thank you and be appreciative of whatever candy people are giving out. Even if you necessarily don't like that candy, uh, don't say anything. You know, you could always do swaps later with your friends. Maybe maybe your friend really likes Butterfingers and you don't. You like Reese's Cups. You know, maybe there's a switch in there available. So always be, you know, always be gracious and say thank you. Is it still frowned upon to do homemade treat? I feel like growing up in the 80s and 90s, like my parents would check our candy afterwards and anything that was open or like homemade, they would just throw away. Uh, I think that that is a good practice um, not to give out homemade things or, or open candies just because 
you know, as a trick-or-treater, you don't know what someone may have put in the candy. And I'm not saying that anyone would do anything nefarious. I'm just saying that um, there you may have sensitivities. Uh, your parents may not want you to have, who knows, high fructose corn syrup, whatever it is. Um, and so when you have candy that has an easily searchable ingredient list, you can be a little more exclusive about what you put in your body. Whereas if you have a homemade candy, you don't know exactly what's in it. Well, not only that, even if it's not like a nefarious, like someone put razor blades in the apples, but like if it's homemade baked goods, especially, you have no idea how, like, you can't assume that the person used fresh, like not expired ingredients that they didn't, you know, that they followed a recipe that is healthy and not like could give you food poisoning. Like I'm, I'm someone who's very always worried about food poisoning um, because I've worked too many food service jobs where I had to watch too many videos. But yeah, I think just in general, um, I'm, because here's the thing, I always felt bad, especially when I was old enough to like think about this, about the people who had made these homemade goods and probably worked really hard to make it. And then we just threw it out when we got home. I'm like, it, it, it always made me sad, feel kind of guilty. It is sad, but if you're if you're gonna hand stuff out, it's always better to go with something prepackaged. Yeah. Um. Another another piece of advice for uh, going home to home trick or treating, please trick or treaters, stay on the sidewalks um, and on walkways. It is not very uh, mannerly to walk across yards and through flower beds. You wouldn't want someone to damage something that you had worked hard at. And a lot of people work hard at their lawns and flowers. So please don't go through those. Use walkways and sidewalks. Can I ask you another question? Certainly. This is from fellow Lugosi. Great. Am I allowed to give different amounts of candy to different trick-or-treaters based on age, costume, or cuteness? If you are the one dropping candies... um. I, th- I think that would take a long time, don't you think? Uh, you, okay. Here's the thing. Here's where Teresa and I differ. Because I would say, as the candy giver outer, what makes it fun and interesting to me is the, like, here. here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's how you think about it. Okay, you ready? It's not a penalty. It's a reward. So everybody gets a base level that you think is a good amount. But if somebody really went above and beyond with a super cool costume that they put a ton of work in and it's really great... I think you can kick a little extra, just a couple extra pieces of candy. Or if it's like a little tiny, like three-year-old, and you're like, they're not going to stay out the whole time. They've got 45 minutes before their feet hurt and they're cold. So I'm going <laughs> to give their brothers extra candy because their brothers will have to go home early. That's fine, I think. Um, But I don't think it's very kind to say out loud, hey, you get extra because you look Agreed. great. Sure, play this little game to yourself, and that's fine. But don't say it out loud. That's unkind. Is it still like scheduled trick or treat? This growing up, it always seemed like a mystery to me that my parents knew somehow, like when trick or treat was, because it wasn't always on like the thirty first. You know, sometimes it was like the 29th. Or yeah, the 30th. usually they do a mid a midweek, at which was my experience, um, and it's on like the news and stuff i think it used to be announced in the newspaper which might as well have been a mysterious tome that i as a child could not read but i i think if you want to be someone who gives out candy even if you don't have uh people that will be participating in trick-or-treat in your home um you should probably look that up it's probably online somewhere by your neighborhood but 
Certainly. worth finding out so you know when it's going to be. I bet the community pages on Facebook and such. Yeah. You can't always assume it's going to be on the 31st. And you yeah. know what? Here's another thing I will say. If you are going to be partying this Halloween season, be especially careful. Don't drink and drive. You shouldn't do that anyways. But be especially careful driving around, even if you haven't been drinking, because there may be children out and about a little bit later than you're used to. Right. Be safe. Be careful. Even if you are an adult who doesn't care about trick-or-treaters, you know, because you don't have kids that are trick-or-treating, be safe. Be careful. Don't drink and drive for so very many reasons. And this is going to sound like a no-brainer, but don't wear a mask while you drive. It's a complete mistake. Don't do that. Oh, boy. Yes. I never have. I just know that that is a problem. Don't drink and drive. Don't wear a mask. Be especially careful. All right. Next question. Nino asks, as a 19-year-old uncle who often takes my nieces slash nephews trick-or-treating every year, is it okay for me to ask for candy? That's kind of stealing the spotlight. Um, Trick-or-treating is for smaller children. I mean, younger children. Um, I, I think that this is the kind of thing where you need to, you, you need to let them build up their, uh, their childhood memories. You know, you've had, you've had your turn. And, uh, I think that at this point you are official flashlight holder, um, and you need to stay in the driveway and let them collect their candy. I, I could say maybe, uh. Impose a candy tax when you get home. Get to pick a few of the the best ones for yourself before they go at their candy bags. You know, here's the thing. I know I talked earlier about like having an especially cool costume and you can trick or treat when you're like 20 or whatever. But here's the reality of it. If you are in a place, if you are old enough that you can drive to the Walgreens on November 1st (laughs) and get that half priced Halloween candy, I don't think you get to go trick or treating. (laughs) Because that was the thing. I had a realization when I was like 17, 18, 19, where I was like, I can just go buy candy whenever I want. Like when I was in college, like, I just have candy. Yeah. My parents can't stop me from having candy here in college. <laughs> so I think that's something to keep in mind of like, the reason this is so special for kids, because they don't like have access to the candy that you, a legal adult, do. Yeah. Uh, one last question. This is from Mouse. Would it be wrong to leave a candy bowl out but be home? Absolutely not. I Go wanted to mention this for one specific thing. If you do this and you are home, set set a timer, check it periodically. You know what I mean? Because you probably have a light on or something with the bowl sitting there. And I I would I would warn against just like filling it once and leaving it. Maybe check it every like half hour, forty five minutes, and refill it. Um, or if it's empty. Take it inside and turn the light off. Yeah. Um, mostly because that's a good way to draw tricks, my friends. To leave the bowl, but it's empty. That's something people don't like. <laughs> um, so I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much. Once again, I can't reiterate enough. Be safe this Halloween season. Both if you are trick-or-treating or if you're just going to be out and about. We care about you. We care about everyone. Be safe. Um, go check out all the other amazing shows on MaximumFun.org. They are all incredible. And I, Travis McRae, guarantee you will love every one of them or your money back. Podcasts are free. <laughs> um, 
We especially on our road trip enjoyed the flop house. The flop house we listened to. Wonderful we listened to. Um, I'm a big fan of the shows. Oh, Minority Corner just had their 100th episode. Um, awesome. Which is very exciting. So go check that out if you haven't. Congratulations to the Minority Corner. Um, let's see. We've added a whole bunch of new ones recently. Uh, Heat Rocks, Inside Pop, Reading Glasses, all kinds of shows. Go check it out if you haven't been there in a while. Just, you know, if you've got a spare hour or two, just click on some random ones. Check it out. Um, and if you want to check out all the projects worked on by McRoy's, because there are far too many to list all at once, you can go to McRoyShows.com. Uh, we also want to say a special thank you to everybody who came out uh, for the tour this weekend. It was super fun, super great. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at SchmannersCast. You can join the Facebook fan group called Schmanners Fanners. Um, let's see what else. What do we normally say? Oh, next week's episode is going to be about fondue because that's what we talked about at our live episode. So no questions for that. It's already recorded, but we sure hope you enjoy it in the future. Um, as always, thank you to Brent Brentelfloss Black for our theme music that is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter banner and thumbnail art. Check out her portfolio. Also, thank you to Keely Weiss Photography uh, for our Schmanners Fanners banner. <laughs> nice. Um, also, Teresa and I are going to be doing uh, Schmanners at the Joko Cruise this year coming up in February. If you haven't been, which we admittedly we haven't been, but we are very much looking forward to it because everyone I talk to, everything I learn about it makes it seem like just an incredible experience. So if you want to come hang out with us and just an amazing list of performers, including Maria Bamford, uh, Jean Grey, uh, Michael Ian Black, Paul and Storm, Jonathan Colton, and us... Go to jococruise.com, J-O-C-O cruise.com to find out everyone who's going to be there and sign up. Join us, won't you? Um, I think that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.